Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you'll enjoy this message today. Let's bow our hearts before the Lord. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is all about you. It is all about you. We are here for you today. And you are so welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, open our hearts for your word. So that when this word is deposited, Father, that it will grow. That the enemy will not come and steal the seed. But Father, that your Holy Spirit will continue to water it. And that we will be able to apply it to our lives. Lord, your word is alive. And when you send it out, it will accomplish that to which you have purposed it. And I pray, Lord, that that will be the case for us today. So Holy Spirit, Father... Lord Jesus, we are ready to hear what the message is that you need us to hear today. And I ask, Lord, that you will come and that you will open our spiritual eyes and ears so that we will hear and do unto your glory. Father, may this word carry weight today and may this word change our lives. And we bring you all glory and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now at Northside, we have four distinctives for the year. And Luke has spoken about it. And I want to highlight authenticity today. Put simply, authenticity means you're true to your own personality, your values, and your spirit. Regardless of the pressures that you might find yourself in. Now, this is Coke. You guys know Coke? Okay, you know Coke. Now, what happens when we put Coke under pressure? Um, I think some of you might start to worry a little bit at this point in time. Um, where will I place it? You know, in, in, which, in which direction? Right, so what happens when we place Coke under pressure? What happens? Coke comes out, is it not? If I place Coke under pressure, then Coke comes out. Now, what happens when I shake a Christian? Because according to my knowledge, Christ is in a Christian. So if I now shake a Christian, what is supposed to come out? Christ, yeah, and does that often happen? Mm, sometimes, but not always. So when I am being shaken, when you are being shaken, we are supposed to pour out Christ. But how often do we see that? If I want to know who a person is, I ask this question and I say, what is the worst thing that has ever happened to you in your life? And within a few minutes, I will exactly be able to determine where Christ 
is in that life. During the course of the next two weeks, we are going to focus on how we can be authentically shaken. How resilience can help us to not only survive our pressures, but actually thrive because of them. How resilience can cause us to grow in the image of God. I love my fires, don't you? Yeah. And when I heard that the fire was spoken of at the conference, I'm like, thank you, Lord. That's confirmation. Now, there's your little fire nugget. And our first little fire nugget is this. The word of God is our only baseline of truth. Now, in the natural world, resilience is described as the ability to bounce back or to keep on going. Google says it's the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties, from toughness or adaptability. The mental health industry defines resilience as the follows, and I actually like this one the most, the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or even significant source of stress. Now, the Word of God is our baseline for truth, so we need to find what the Bible is saying about resilience. Are you ready to search with me? Are you ready? Amen. It is important to understand that we have seasons in our lives. Some seasons are good. It's easy. It's stressless. We're happy. We enjoy. We're in a good place. Now, when those come along, we need to acknowledge them. We need to enjoy them. We need to be present in the moment. We need to breathe. Because there's another season. The other season contains suffering, which brings us into pain and hurt and distress, anger, tears. The Bible very clearly describes a theology of suffering. This may be hard for us to understand because we like it when it's easygoing. Unfortunately, we don't grow when we're in the easy seasons. So if you look back at your life, where were the phases in your life that you really grew, that you changed, that you trusted God more, that your faith was um, uplifted? It would be in the seasons of affliction, of trials and tribulation and suffering. Our fire nugget two says, once we understand how crucial suffering is for our development as believers, we are able to change our perception and bring it into alignment with the Word of God. It is in these times that we need to be resilient. We don't need resilience when all is going well. We don't. We need resilience when we are in that period of trial, tribulation, and suffering. We have to endure. We have to persist. We have to push in. And then we have to push through. Well, and that is our word. Every person has a story. 
You all have a story. We all participate in life. There's a race for us to be run. And every race is different in terms of the challenges, the location, the duration, the obstacles, the purpose, the reward, the competitors that we face. Some races we walk and run. Some races we have a bike. Some races we swim. We are never promised an all easy life. But God promised that he would never leave us, never forsake us, and that he would always be with us. No matter what we go through. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. He never promised us a rose garden. Peter said that there are all kinds of trials and tribulations. He said a diversity of adversity. But note that he also stipulates our emotional responses and our mindset towards it. Our first scripture is Romans 5 verse 3 to 4. So read with me. Moreover, let us also be joyful, full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our suffering, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and unswerving endurance. And endurance, which is fortitude and resilience, develops what? Maturity of character which is approved faith and tried integrity, your authenticity and character of this sort produces the habit, joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. The Bible says that we should respond joyfully to tough times. If I shake the Christian, what comes out? It's supposed to be Christ. It's supposed to be Christ. So here, Peter can't be clearer. He says, when you go through the suffering, this is what you need to do. You need to be joyful. You're not glad and joyful because of what is happening to you. You're joyful and glad because of the fact that you know that you are not alone in it and that God is with you and that He will sort it out. You are not on your own. In suffering, we experience a primary loss. The primary loss is that which comes from the outside towards our life. It is that which we have no control over. We can't change it. It is what it is. But then there is a secondary loss. And the secondary loss is that which happens inside of us. And there I have control. There I can make a choice. Here we have God's power. I can decide my response to the test. We give pain and suffering to the Lord. It is in pain and suffering that we do not turn our face away from God. It is in pain and suffering that we turn our face towards Him. 
We embrace our pain. We embrace our pain. We come and we are honest with God. We say, Lord, this is really tough. I am really distraught. Lord Jesus, I am so angry. Lord, I can't do this. I am full of pain. He can handle that because he knows you. You see, if we can name the feeling, we can do something about it. So we've got a saying that says, if you can name it, you can tame it. So it's important that we connect to the feelings on our inside. If you can name it, you can tame it. If we enter suffering, this is some of the responses that we hear. See if you can identify yourself. Because let's be honest with one another here today. If you're under pressure, might the following be one that you do? Self-pity. Poor me. Why does this always happen to me? Or anger, bitterness, and resentment. Why did they do this? They have no right. Blaming others. It's their fault. I did nothing wrong. Condemning ourselves. I'm useless. I fail. I can never do it right. Or fear. If God allowed this, what else is coming? Or despair. God has abandoned me. I'm all alone. Nobody will understand. Or resignation. I give up. There's nothing more I can do. Now, there's a very big difference between giving up and giving over. You see, we should not give up, but we should give over. And we give over unto the Lord. We say, Lord, this is too big for me. I can't do this, but Lord, you can. Because I trust you. Because I have faith in you. Lord, because I refuse to turn my face away from yours. These responses, that's negative, will lead us into depression. Such a response can destroy you. Responding well to adversity so that you can withstand it and recover from it is part of resilience. Resilience includes enduring suffering well. This means that you learn from suffering. This means that you grow from suffering. This means that you get to meet God in a way that you've never met Him before. He reveals Himself in suffering to us in a way that's new. And it is here that you meet God at a deeper level. And you are changed into the image of Christ more and more. And your faith is increased. Fire nugget two. Ah, uh, three. Are we at three? No, yes, of course. Ooh, I'm preaching fast, am I? Wow, I'm going. Right, fire nugget three. Resilience needs to be done well. James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. 
Revelation 2 verse 10, Jesus is talking and Jesus makes this promise to every believer. He says, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. It's a promise. Do we believe it? Can we believe it? Can we own it? Can we take it? I want you to take this promise and put it in your heart this morning. It seems like the crown of life is some sort of special blessing or honor or privilege or recognition in the future eternal reign of Christ that he will present us with. Now, by offering this crown, Jesus encourages us to stay strong, to keep the course, to remain resilient in him as we run the race of life. Peter goes on to say that trials have a specific purpose. And we find this in 1 Peter 1 verse 7. These have come, the trials, the suffering. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in what? in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Suffering produces resilience. Resilience produces maturity of character, which is approved faith, and tried integrity, which is authenticity. These produce hope, and hope comes only through faith and obedience. True faith, is tested in trials just as gold is proved by fire. Thus, our suffering is for a purpose. It is to transform our lives, number one, and number two, to bring glory to God. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed yet. You see, faith is when you believe and you do not see. So I believe my father's guarantee. I do not believe what my eyes see. I believe my father's guarantee. It is this faith that keeps us going. It is this faith that helps us to endure. It is this faith that makes us bounce back. So this means that the essence of faith is resilience. So the outworking of our faith is resilience. And this is what we call faith in action. Hebrews 11 Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him, to God, to the Father, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. We saw that Jesus is rewarding us with the crown of life when we come through suffering. 
And here, God is also pleased with us. He's satisfied with us when there is faith in action. Now, having faith in Jesus Christ means to rely completely on Him, trusting in His infinite power, His understanding, His intelligence, His love, you see, sometimes we don't understand. We say, Lord, what's happening? What's going on? Lord, this can't be. But I've learned in my life, if you are there in that trial and you do not know, it is okay. Because you don't have to understand. I had to come in places in my life where I said, Lord, you understand? You know what's happening. I don't. And it's okay if I don't. Because I rest in the fact that you do. And I trust you to take me through. It includes believing his words and his teaching. If I have faith, it means I need to believe all of the Bible. All of the Bible. If it says this, I believe it. If it says that, then I believe it. No questions asked because the word of the Lord is our baseline of truth. It means believing that even though we do not understand, he does. Faith unlocks the promises of God and it shows us the power of God and it turns dreams into reality and it gives us the power to hold on in tough times. Faith doesn't always take the pain away, but it helps us to manage it, to handle it. Faith doesn't necessarily take us out of the storm, but it brings us into the eye of the storm where the storm can rage and it's okay because I'm in the eye. I am looking at God. I'm seeing his face. My face is turned towards his face and he's covering me because in the eye of the storm, it is quiet. Faith doesn't take you out of the problem, but faith takes you through. Which brings me to our fire nugget Number four, there is a test, a response, a purpose, and a reward. There is a test, a response, that's your choice. There's a purpose, there's a reason behind what is happening in your life. There's a reward when you come through. I have chosen the book of Daniel as the scriptural tool for today. Let's open our hearts to see that what the word of the Lord wants to teach us. I'm giving you a little bit of a background quickly. Nebuchadnezzar is the reigning king in Babylonia. He invaded Jerusalem in 605 before Christ, and amongst the people he took captives were brilliant young men. They were Daniel, called Balthasar. If I pronounce it wrong, just, you know, just kind of forgive me for that one. I'm trying my best. Hananiah, he called Shadrach. Mishael, he called Meshach. 
and Azariah he called Abednego. God gave these young men who aged between 15 and 17 knowledge and skill of learning and wisdom. Godly wisdom, not human wisdom, godly wisdom. And they were found to be 10 times cleverer than any other man in his reign. Daniel interpreted the king's dreams and he was promoted to reign over all of Babylon as the chief governor, which I would say today is just kind of under the prime minister. Daniel asked whether the other three boys his dudes, could work with him. And the king said, yep, all right, you're good. But they were in different locations. Which meant that when they had the test of the fiery furnace, Daniel was in another location. That's why Daniel wasn't in the fiery furnace. The king had this gigantic image made of gold, and he decreed that the whole nation should worship this image. You know the story. You know the story. If a person refused, he would be cast into the fiery furnace, which burned at 3,000 degrees Celsius, apparently. So Sadrach, Meshach, am I pronouncing it right? Whatever, let's go with it. And Abednego refused to bow before this image and was brought to the king and given two options, bow or burn. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you had options and none of them were good? A place where the only foreseeable outcome was death or destruction. A place where only God could save you miraculously. A place where you were left to trust God. You see, there's only one question to ask in our believing lives, and that is, do you trust God? I'm not putting all the scriptures on. You can find it in your Bibles. I'm beginning with Daniel 3 verse 14. I'm reading the word of God. Verse 14, then Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music, do you fall down and worship it? Then it's good. But if you don't, you will be thrown into the fiery furnace. They answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, it is not necessary to answer you at this point. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not bow down before your image. We have read that God gave them wisdom. And that wisdom, I believe, would have included the fact that they would know God, know the scriptures, know the commandments, know the Torah, and they would know that they needed to have faith and be obedient. There was a test, and they responded like we were supposed to. How do you respond when you're 
test comes. Daniel 3 verse 19, and we read, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and his facial expression was changed into antagonism. Therefore he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times more. So seven times three is 21, so 21,000 degrees, because it was 3,000. I don't know if it's possible, but there we go. And the commandant, he commanded the strongest men in his army to bind the boys and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these three were cast in with their clothes in the midst of the furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame and sparks from the fire killed those men who handled them. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down and bound into the burning, fiery furnace. You should know that obedience and faith towards God will anger your enemy. And your enemy will heat up that fire seven times. But God's got this. The strong man will bind you and throw you in. But don't despair. In some situations, the fire from your furnace may destroy people around you. The enemy will think that they have had the victory in your life. But God has the final say. Verse 24, then Nebuchadnezzar saw and was astounded and he jumped up and said to his counselors, did we not cast three bound men into the fire? They answered, true, O king. He answered, behold, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Now notice that they're not burning for a few days. They are just thrown in. I mean, I don't think Nebuchadnezzar had turned around and found his seat. And he was like, what is going on? It doesn't take long for God to meet you in your fiery furnace. When you are in that furnace, Jesus will appear. And in that furnace, your bonds will be loosened. You will be delivered. When you are in faith and obedience, standing resiliently in your fire, the Lord will bring you freedom. He will redeem you. Because now you can have those conversations with Jesus. You see, when they were there, they were having conversation with Jesus. They weren't stressed out. They weren't trying to get the, the fire and the heat off them. They were focused on the face of Jesus. 
and they were interacting with him. They were having a conversation. Jesus was revealing himself to them in a way that they had never experienced before. And that is what happens to us in our fiery furnace. Even the king had to acknowledge that this is God. Whenever in your Bible the angel of the Lord is written in capital letters, that's Jesus. So when the angel went to visit Abraham and told him he's going to have Isaac, that was Jesus. In this case, it is Jesus. When Jacob was struggling, it was Jesus. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and said, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. Then they came out from the midst of the fire. And the satraps and the deputies, the governors and the king's counselors gathered around together and saw these men that the fire had no power upon their bodies. Nor was the hair of their head singed, neither were their garments scorched or changed in color or condition, nor had even the smell of smoke clung to them. The people who throw you into your fiery furnace will acknowledge that you are the son and the daughter of the Most High God. You will be seen. You will be recognized as his child. The Lord will protect you. The fire will not burn. You will not even smell like smoke. You see, when we're in that place of pain, when we're in that place where we need resilience, when we're in that place of suffering, sometimes we come and we say, Lord, I am busy dying. But it's not true. I have learned to say, Lord, I am not dying. I'm being buried. Because when a seed is buried, you sprout and you grow. You see, you've got a choice. You can run around in that fire and you can be hysterical and you can call up all chaos upon you. And you can turn your face away from God or you can speak to him. And you can allow him to protect you so that you will not even smell of smoke. Because in this fire, you will not die. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who believed in him. What's the key? Believed in him, which connects us to faith which connects us to obedience and relied on him. And they set aside the king's command, enemy, you need to go, and yielded their bodies rather than serve or worship and any god except their own. Therefore, I make a decree 
that any people, nation, and language that speaks anything amiss against this God shall be cut in pieces and their houses be made a dunghill. For there is no other God who can deliver us in this way. Nobody. No other God can walk into that fiery furnace of yours. Your resilience in the fire will give glory to God. Because you stood in faith. Because you turned your face towards him. Because you trusted and because you relied on him. God will be exalted. Others will see what God had done for you miraculously and they will be given an opportunity to believe. Has that been the case with your suffering journey? Have you done it this way? If you have, well done. If you haven't, well, then we need to learn to do it this way. Fortunately, with God, it is never too light. It is never too light. Verse 30. Then the king promoted them in the province of Babylon. Promotion awaits you after your fiery furnace. No matter where you find Self. You might be bound and outside of the fiery furnace, knowing that you're going to be thrown in very soon. Or you might just find you've just landed. You're still bound. You're still kind of looking around. What, what's happening? Or you might be there where you loosen and Jesus is there and you're having those conversations with him. Open your ears and hear what he has to say. Or you may be there that you've walked out and you're there where your suffering, your trial, your test has been rewarded. I don't know where you are, but I do know that you will have various kinds of fiery furnaces in your life. Remember that God will protect you. God will promote you. God will bring you out alive. He has a way that you can't see. You see, sometimes we have options A and B. But God has an option C. And we go with C. Because we don't know. Next Sunday, we're going to look at resilience as obedience in action. Today was resilience, faith in action. We're going to look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we're going to look at obedience from that point of view. But let's bow our hearts and let's hear what God wants to say. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in our hearts today. Father, there we, we've done it wrong. 
where we did not understand that we were supposed to do it well, where we did not understand that this is good for us. Father, where we might have spoken against you, where we might have complained and where our light did surely not shine for you. Lord, we are sorry. We repent, Lord. We confess that we have done it wrong. Lord, your word says in 1 John 1 verse 9, if we repent and confess, you are faithful to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And Lord, James 5 verse 16 says that when we repent and confess in front of a witness, Lord, you bring us healing. Healing. So Holy Spirit, I know that you are tapping into every heart here today. Everyone that is listening to this podcast. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will tap in to where we are and that you will take us to where we need to be. Father, we are sorry. We receive your forgiveness now. Thank you that you cleanse us with your precious blood. And thank you, Lord, that your word teaches us how to do this right. And Father, we want to connect our hearts to you this morning. And we want to say, Lord, I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. Grow me in trust, O Father. Lord, your word says that you give us all a measure of faith. So no one here today can say that I do not have faith. That's a lie. And Lord, we're not going to allow lies and deception to distort our perception of you any longer. So we cast off every lie in this place in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we break down every stronghold. And we usher in, Lord, your truth of your word. And I command every lie to go and every stronghold to break down. Lord, I ask that you will give us an increased measure of faith. Lord, so that we can stand firm when they're suffering. And help us, Lord Jesus, to do it well. And Father, as we will listen to your word next week, that this will be an Add on for us today. But today, Lord, we just want to come to the place where we say, I want to trust you. I want to. Lord, and if I haven't, please forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned greatly against you. Wash me clean with your precious blood. And teach me, Holy Spirit, how to trust you. Father, I ask that you will settle this word over us in this week to come. Lord, I pray that you will grow this word in us. I pray that you will confirm this word in every life. Father, because your word does not come back empty and void. 
but it accomplishes that to which it has been sent out. And I ask, Lord, that every word that has been received will grow. And Lord, that there will be change because of today and next Sunday. Change us, Lord, into your image. Change our perception. Bring us into alignment. Let us understand who you have called us to be. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to work and yield your word in our lives. Father, I give you all honor and glory for today. I give you glory and honor for your people. And Father, I bless your people this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that wherever they are on this life journey, wherever they are on their fiery furnace, Lord, you are with them. And I ask, Lord, that your peace that surpasses all human understanding, your peace that guards and garrison their hearts and their minds will now fall upon them. And Father, that you will guide them in wisdom and that they will know exactly what their season is and how to respond. Father, there's a test, there's a response, there's a reward. And there's a purpose. And we give you glory and honor for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. If you want to know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.